I didn't um, do well in college. I could not stand it, and I woke up one morning and said, what the hell am I doing? And decided I liked football, so I'm going to just show up and ask. And then I'm going to show up and ask. And then I'm going to show up and ask until they let me do anything. And that was 18 years ago. I started part-time uh, for... Uh, you know, basically nothing. And a year after that, I was promoted to full time. Six months after that, I had a staff of 10 people, and the rest is history. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing, the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow button or subscribe. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends. Invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. So today's guest is Lobau Spark. <laughs> man, you got such a freaking cool name, man. And he's amazing. He has a great TikTok channel shares so much great knowledge about ADHD. So do you mind giving a brief intro of yourself? Not whatsoever. Uh, thank you very much for having me on here. Um, yeah, so Lobau Spark is, is kind of a funny name. Uh, Lobau is my nickname, and Spark is actually, actually an acronym for an ADHD strategy that I use. It stands for speed, passion, attitude, reliability, and knowledge. Those are the five elements of it. So I'm really glad you like that name because a lot of people are like, "What the hell is Lobau Spark? Like, what what, what does that mean <laughs> even mean?" So I thought it, uh, I thought it was your real name, but I love how it's an acronym. It, it, well, it's a, a name all my friends call me by. So that's they nicknamed me this like back in elementary school, and it's just stayed forever. <laughs> so that's uh, I don't even know my real name anymore. Um, but yeah, so. Brief story about myself is I do not have a degree, which is why I am so excited to be here and on the No Degree podcast. But uh, I worked my way up, um, starting from literally making nothing uh, at a company that I loved. And I have continued to work there for 18 straight years. Wow. And I credit ADHD for that. Not a lot of ADHD people stay in the same job for a very long time. And it's through the passion that I have for it that I've made it that long. Um, and so I just, I want to talk about that, that grind and that intensity that people without degrees have to have to make up for the fact that they don't have one. So what, what do you do at your current role? Uh, so basically I am in production of college football events. Um, I cannot say that with the team I work for, because that's a, branding issue. Uh, but it is a team that I grew up going to the games of every Saturday with my family since I was five years old. Wow. And when I went down to start, you know, school, uh, or start college, uh, down at the place where this team is, I didn't, um, do well in college. I could not stand it. And I woke up one morning and said, what the hell am I doing? And decided I liked football. So I'm going to just show up and ask, and then I'm going to show up and ask, and then I'm going to show up and ask until they let me do anything. And that was 18 years ago. I started part-time uh, for, uh, you know, basically nothing. And a year after that, I was promoted to full-time. Six months after that, I had a staff of 10 people, and the rest is history. So I 
run the technology for all of our home stadium uh, events, not just football, basketball, soccer, baseball, swimming, everything. Wow, (laughs) man. It's a lot. What a story. So you have a very interesting story in that your mom knew you had ADHD because a lot of parents don't know that and they kind of see this as a troubled child, as a kid that can't focus and they kind of do things. And you know, it's interesting, the previous guest I had, she also has ADHD and she has trouble maintaining eye contact. That's part of her thing. And so I I could imagine like the parents being like, hey, look at me when I talk to you. And that's literally something that's troubling for their brain. So can you tell me more about that? Like your mom realized that you had ADHD and how was childhood like for you? Childhood was amazing, actually. Uh, And the reason it was is because they recognized that something wasn't quite right. And they got me in to see psychiatrists like immediately when they recognized it. So I had the benefit of them believing in it from day one, especially my mother. And she studied it relentlessly, trying to figure out all the aspects of it and whatnot. And she kind of came to the conclusion that it is can be a really debilitating disorder, and it is for a lot of people, but it can also be a huge and powerful advantage. And she used to make me wear a Superman cape, make me wear a Superman cape in elementary school. We had a dress code, and they'd send me home. And my mom's like, you put that cape back on and go back to class. I don't care how many times they send you home. So she installed that confidence early in me to always be myself. And if I viewed myself as Superman, who the hell can argue? (laughs) you know it's what you view in yourself and you know it it, it was hard and it still is hard uh to this day medication helps but it takes so long to get it right that most people quit yeah um and it's been really really rough because the rest of the world doesn't accept the way that we do things my mom told me to do it do it my way regardless yeah no it's something that i've seen because it's like people and i'm not pro or anti-medication, everybody has to find what works right for them. And But I know sometimes people have to, oh, I have to take it in the morning after I exercise and I have to do certain amount of activities in the morning and then I save these other tasks at night and people have to kind of really find what works for them because it's like you hear one person say, hey, I do it this way, but then another person's like, I, when I do it this way, it doesn't work. And people have different ways of making it work for them. And their ways are always changing. Yeah. That's what's so hard for so many people to understand is what works for you one day might not work the next. Yeah. So then you have to adjust your strategy the next day in terms of what works. It's a daily battle of what works. And if that shifts day to day to day, the outside world looks at that and says, well, that's just being sporadic. It's not being sporadic. It's yeah. forming something different every day that helps us. <laughs> that's interesting. So, your mom was obviously supportive. Now, what do you want to be when you were like in high school? Uh, I wanted to work for the team that I work for now. That's that's all you wanted to. Okay, <laughs> man, you really. That's all I wanted to do. That's all you wanted to do. <laughs> I used to bring newspaper articles into class, uh, sports articles about the team, and teachers would say, "Well, Hamlet is more important, or uh, this algebra equation is more important." I'm like, "I'll show you. <laughs> it's it's not more important to me. I'm yeah, going to yeah. work for this team one day." <laughs> Now, you actually went to college, so how was that like for you? Hard and almost impossible uh, because, I mean, I, I still have not graduated and and probably never will. I have no 
desire to. Uh, and the reason that I don't is because it's literally understand stuff that with ADHD, you can't understand it unless you see a purpose. And if there's no immediate purpose to what teachers are telling you, our brain can't register that as being something that you need. So why would you care? (laughs) That's in some people with ADHD do really well in school, even though they hate it, (laughs) you know, but I, I couldn't, I could not after one week into every class, I would just stop going. And so what am I doing? I'm partying, going out, which that part of college I loved, but (laughs) it doesn't get you, you know, anywhere. Uh, It was just a way of coping with the fact that I thought I was stupid because I literally could not force myself to go to class. Yeah. No. So when you sort of tell yourself like, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. It's not going to work. I got to do something else. I woke up. uh, I remember it distinctly. Actually, I woke up uh, a little bit hungover one day at like 11 a.m. and said, like, what the hell are you doing with your life? Like, what are you doing with your life? You need to figure out what you love the most. Oh, wait, there's a stadium two miles down the road. That's what I'm going to go do, despite what anybody else (laughs) said. Like, you got to have a degree to do this. Not necessarily if you show how much you care. And that's what happened. I showed up and that the rest is history from there. Wow, that's amazing. So <laughs> you obviously have this persistent that a lot of people don't have. So you kept going back and you got that job. How did you feel? Oh, it was unlike any feeling I've ever had uh, in my entire life. Uh, it was, you know, I'm working with people now that I asked for their autograph, you know, like we would have a meeting and then I'm like, Oh, by the way, you know, here's my point on this. And after this meeting, can I get your autograph? Because you're like a fucking idol. (laughs) So it was really, it was really, I mean, can you imagine working, being colleagues with someone that you like idolized as a kid? I mean, that's what, what a dream come true. That would be. That's a dream. That is a dream. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) So loved it. Um, and it's, it, it's getting tedious now, but that's 18 years later. I'm struggling a lot with that and I'm trying to keep that, those thoughts out, but podcasting is something that I found I like more because it's helping more people than my current job. Okay. No. So (laughs) So. now what did you do to get ahead at your current job? I followed the strategy I created for myself to deal with ADHD every single day, <laughs> uh, and it and it worked. What's uh, that strategy? That strategy: spark, speed, passion, attitude, reliability, knowledge. So, number one is speed. I want to be fast every single day, as fast as I can go, which plays into the ADHD brain. But I have to start fast, and I don't mean like you have to wake up and just immediately attack something. For me, it was, I'm not going to go fast until I am ready to go fast. Once I am ready to go fast, then it is balls to the wall as fast as I can go. But you can't maintain that pace all throughout the day. So when you start to get tired, I would always rely on my heart. Passion. Why are you doing this? That would speed me back up. If my heart got weak, I would use an attitude no bullshit attitude to jumpstart my heart that kept me fast. And with attitude, it was exercise. I had to exercise the second I felt my heart dipping. 
and going down a road it shouldn't go. It had to be that second. That would trigger me back. And I followed the steps again. If my attitude, even after exercise, wasn't good, then I would increase my reliability to other people at 100%. Be reliable for someone else. And I came up with that one because my mom used to read me a poem before I went to bed and said, if you are down, do something for somebody quick, I think is the name of the poem. And she would read this to me, like, if your heart gets weary, do something for somebody quick. So reliability. Reliability would then get me back to exercising, which would then jumpstart my heart, which would then keep me fast. (laughs) If none of those first four things go well, I reflect alone, and that's how I learn. That's knowledge. And once I get another idea of how to attack the next day, I wake up and attack it with speed, passion, attitude, (laughs) reliability, and the cycle continues. I use that every single day of my life. That's a beautiful framework and that makes sense of like hey you have these backup 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 plans for keep you going you have to with adhd because like it something not everything is going to work every single day and sometimes you're going to have to change some some things but if i follow that and this keep in mind this works for my personality like this isn't going to work for everybody with adhd but i hope it inspires people to come up with something similar that matches their personality that would work for them and it has been an amazing, amazing thing uh, to follow this every single day because it works for me. Okay. No, I love how you came up with it <laughs> and you've been able to sort of stick with it. Now, how did it feel getting your first promotion? And did you do anything special to get it? Uh, well, when I first got the job, I had, they gave me an office in my own like inside the stadium, my own office inside the stadium that I idolized. And I mean, I, I made me cry. It was so ridiculous. And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to go get a pullout couch. I'm asleep here. Like that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> what I'm going to do. And uh, basically what, what it was, getting the promotions were more that I really harped on doing jobs that I wasn't assigned. Because the jobs that I was assigned I did well and I did fast. But if I had to keep going, again, this plays into the strategy, I would go help some other department if they needed it. I would just walk up and say, can I help? Same way I got the job in the first place. And that started to get around that the rumor was Lobau's going to do it. <laughs> like, rely on him. He'll help you when you need it. And that's, so that's how I got promoted. Uh, then I turned my attention towards the people uh, that I hired because you are only as good as, as those people. And I knew I couldn't keep up that pace forever. So I needed people that knew what they were doing. And I I basically hire people with my biggest weaknesses. Okay. (laughs) That's, that's what I do. Uh, so that it kind of outweighs, you know, my, I, I have some strengths, but they have, their strengths are my biggest weakness. And I think it has to be done like that. And it's funny because there is a framed strategy that we still use that is Spark that I adapted to the employees that I had. It turned, now, I catered it in a different way because obviously it's work, but it works. And the system's taken care of itself for years. And now instead of working every sporting event we have, I work football, the one that I love the most, and they all handle the other sports. So I prepared for the burnout. 
Okay. Now, did you ever burn out? You can't, no matter how much you love something, when it's nights, weekends, holidays, it, you know, right now I'm currently in the middle of a little bit of a burnout. It's been 18 years. Yeah. So I'm relying on, you know, my staff to pick me up when I'm not, you know, 100%. But I turn my, again, reliability towards them. And my, I make one guarantee. And that is whatever amount of effort you put in to this job, because you don't work for me, you work for this program. I will triple getting you to where you want to be in life. And I've stuck with that with every person I've ever hired. That has made all of the difference, no matter whether it's working where they currently work or somewhere else. I will do whatever it takes for that, per- for that person. And that, is, that has helped. But burnout can be hard. Yeah, It can be D- difficult to deal with. Yeah. And I love the way you manage because a lot of people think like, hey, they're going to keep this job forever and this is their number one priority. And the fact is your job is not probably your number one priority. For most people, they have other priorities. And I was reading online about this one thing where this guy had a salesperson who worked at a dealership and, you know, the guy couldn't hit, wasn't doing, he was doing okay. And then he asked, he pulled him to the side. He's like, hey man, what do you care about the most? And he was like, look, I care about family. I care about getting to my home, my family. I'm spending time with my family. And he said, look, I'll make a deal with you. Here's your quota. If you hit your quota for today, you can go home. What they found out, this guy was hitting his quota at like by 1, 1.30 every single day because he wanted to go home to his family. Everybody else was upset, but that's what drove him. And he figured out a way to make it work. That's what I do now. Actually, I my boss and I came to that conclusion was that, you know, I need to be able to like... When I get to work, I don't, I don't talk a lot. I don't, you know, gossip or anything like that. I go directly to what the task is. And when that, that's it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to hang around and sit there, yeah. <laughs> you know, without. And, and that's, but that, that's because I, I have a great boss. Yeah. So he instilled that in me that I then instill in, in others. Because you can't, I mean, forcing people to sit there from eight to five, how much work are they honestly, like, like what is honestly going on there? <laughs> it, there's no way life is too short for that. Like it, really it, it is. just is. No. So <laughs> that's, so that's amazing that you're kind of instilling and passing it along. Now, kind of looking back, what would you say are some of the mistakes that you've made along the way? Uh, you know what? I wouldn't say lack of patience. I would say impulse control, uh, impulse control. A lot of mistakes I made was based on an immediate reaction to something. And that plays into ADHD. If I immediately get provoked emotionally, yeah. I will respond. Especially if it's something I'm emotional about. And that is that has hurt me in a lot of ways with teachers and whatnot uh, in the past. And it basically, even if I was doing well, they would hold me back because they just could not stand me. And because I would respond so aggressively. And I mean, I, I am that kid in the class that is like, excuse me, why the hell are we learning this? Like, what, could you please explain to me why, if I'm not going to be a teacher that teaches this, like you, what I'm doing here, <laughs> you know, and then I'd get, you know, I said something to one teacher and I never forgive myself for this, but I was like, you know why you're a teacher is because you failed yeah. at your subject in real life and you resorted to teaching. You don't give a shit about us. And of course the class, you know, you know, loved it, but he, yeah, yeah, that yeah, person yeah. didn't love it so much. <laughs> that that impulse control, those mistakes led me to fail classes yeah, yeah. that I didn't really fail. And so 
that kept me kept me down. I would say the next biggest mistake I made was um, aside from that would be taking every part of a person literally. And so whatever they said, especially when I first started that job, I believed. I believed it. I believed it. And sometimes you can't believe everything that everybody says, even though you may idolize them. And, you know, I think we all have right. a little bit of that, that we need to be just better about not saying the first thing that comes off our mind. Now, how'd you sort of get better at that? I don't think I ever really have gotten better at it. I have chosen the circumstances, whether it's w- when it's appropriate and when it isn't. And so there's a huge difference because I do think impulse control, at, like impulsivity can be a good thing because you always get the real us. You always get the real you. You respond emotionally impulsive to something. That, that is really what you're thinking in that instance. So in, med- in business meetings, that can be a huge positive thing because people are going to look at you like, holy shit, how did he come up with that so fast? You know, there. I had to keep it less personal and more strategy-based. As in, if I say something impulsively, it's got to be based on the topic and not the person. Don't go after the person impu- impulsively. Go after the topic. Huge difference. <laughs> no, I think that's a good so, that's a good way to go about. You know, the double edged sword, right? You got to use it. It's the double edged sword. It, that's what ADHD is for so many people. I choose to sharpen the blade that I'm already yeah. sharp at because the blades that I yeah. suck at are never going to get. If I sharpen those, if I spend a lot of time on those, they're they're only going to get somewhat better. But they're not going to excel. That I'm taking away from the shit I do have, the great things I have. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep the one side real sharp. Yeah. So, what would you say you're bad at? What are those things that you know? Hey, it doesn't make sense to sharpen for me. Keeping a clean car, going to bed early. Uh, let's see. Okay. There's, a, there's actually, there's a. That's a great question because there's a lot. Um, doing laundry. Uh, let's see, making the bed, but so it's stuff that like, it's basic everyday things. I don't understand basic. I, I can't do that. I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so if I try to get better at that, that's, I'm only going to spend so much more time on things that don't ultimately matter than things that do. Uh, the one area that where it's been a real issue though, is finances, finances, I am not good at because that's that impulsivity. Okay. Oh, look, I'm the person that puts you know the quarter in the gumball machine has to have the red one, so I'll just keep putting in the <laughs> you know the thing. So I married I married a uh, a very very uh, good financial uh, wife, <laughs> so she handles all of it. I don't even know. I just like you do it, please. I mean, it's it's good to know your weaknesses because look, I suck at those at those finances. I'm good with, but the other stuff, like the clean car and the laundry, and yeah. So now, what would you say are the things you did right? Um, number one, most important thing I think I did right uh, up to this point is defending my parents. I, I was adopted, and I have supported them and defended them even if I didn't agree with them and all why that has made a lot of difference in my life is supporting my parents. Uh, second, uh, biggest thing would be kind of taking an almost sick pleasure in the grind of working hard. I like the grind. The trophy doesn't mean shit. Once you get it, it's the fun of getting it is what is <laughs> like that. That's the fun part to me. And if I keep thinking in that way, I then that means that I can continue to do 
and continue to grind and continue to strive after that prize, even though I know that once I get it, there'll be that letdown. But I just got to understand to enjoy this aspect of it. This is the fun part. The fun part of working in sports was getting to this point. Now that I'm here, that's why I'm having the dip. <laughs> you know, it's so, it's, I would say that, yeah, easily, that would be the ability to enjoy the grind would be a huge one. Yeah. So, what are some things that you kind of developed over the years, right? So, there are some things that were probably, tougher for you as you're younger and then like this really improved your life and then this really improved your life getting the medication right that was okay. massive and i didn't develop that obviously uh but i was able to grind through the process of this doesn't work this doesn't work the pharmacy doesn't have this you, you know this person doesn't believe that and it took 15 years to get medication right 15 years wow and i finally got it i finally just in the past decade got it right I'm 40 years old. So, it, you know, it took, it actually took my whole life to get the medicine right. And so what is, <laughs> essentially, what is right for you? And everybody in the audience, just please understand this is what works for Lobau, but kind of use it as inspiration to figure out what's right for you. I won't take specific like medications, but I, I do take a stimulant uh, three times a day. Okay. Um, and that is, and people with ADHD will know what that, uh, yeah. what that means. Uh I refused to take medication for so long because I didn't want that to be, I didn't want to admit that I needed it until I finally was like, why would you not accept help? It's very important to accept help when you need it and to admit it. I couldn't admit it for the longest time. Uh, But when I started on that medication journey, the stimulant medication for me is what absolutely works. I take one before I go to bed. Yeah. Like, it, you know, and it puts me to sleep because it makes my brain function at a somewhat even, you know, you know me, I'm never going to yeah. be even, like I'm always going to be bouncing off yeah, and yeah. talking fast, but it, it gives me the ability to choose. I still have to choose to wake up and go to work. I still have to choose to do the right thing or the wrong thing, but I have a choice. Without medication, I never had a choice. I'm just going to lay here. Like I am brain dead. I can't do anything. And now I have a choice of whether I want to do nothing or whether I want to do something. That has made the difference. <laughs> wow. So how did you manage work without like medication? Obviously, you had, you know, your spark methodology. Well, I, I was medicated then. It just wasn't exactly right. Mm. It still worked to a certain point, but it wasn't the one that I've been on consistently for the past, you know, 10 years. But we finally got it right. It's, you know, it's not just the medication. It's not just the strategies. It's a combination of all of that. And that's where, where people have the issue is that ADHD is literally your brain. You know what to do and you cannot do it. And it takes so long to figure out a way to do it for yourself. But then you also, some people, some people <laughs> require medication too. So then you've got to combine that with the strategy, but then you've got the outside world looking at on you, telling you how stupid you are. I mean, this is a serious thing. It takes a lot to get this, like a lot to get through life with ADHD. It's not easy at all. Yeah, no, it isn't. So now you obviously have a long career and you've done a lot. What would you say is your biggest accomplishment? (laughs) In my mind uh, would be 
getting a dream property that I also wanted when I was a child. Uh, and recently, as in, in the past like three weeks, uh, just got it uh, for my family and I. That is my biggest accomplishment. Wow, <laughs> that's second biggest accomplishment. I give you two. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a proper. It was my dream. Like that. Here's the thing: ADHD people dream huge. Yeah, but they don't stick with it. Like because they allow people to say it's not possible. I have never let anyone say it's not possible. Never. That's a strength of mine. Yeah. <laughs> so that's amazing to hear. What would you say, and this is a slightly different twist on the question, what would you say you're most proud of? That's, that's, that's a great one. I ask, I ask people that every day. Yeah. Uh, I am most <laughs> proud in my entire life. In my entire life, I am most proud of my wife, actually, being able to marry my wife. I, I swear to you on this because ADHD people don't stick around in a lot of relationships for the long haul. We like to jump. We like to, we like to change the channel. Yeah. Okay. It's what, it's what we like yeah. to do. I am proud of both myself for taking the leap to get married to, to this wonderful woman. And I'm proud of her for accepting me for who I was, even though she doesn't really understand why I do the things that things I yeah. do, but to go through with that and understand this is, this is a lifelong commitment. I'm extraordinarily proud of myself for that. Now, what was the hardest thing you ever went through? Hardest thing I've ever been through, uh, there, are a, there are a couple, but the one that sticks out is my wife's uh, best friend um, took her own life about three years ago. Uh, and I was also extremely close with my wife's friend's husband. He worked for me at the time. Um, she had mental illness. And a lot of the reason for the podcast I'm doing is that. I still think about it every single day. Um, but seeing my wife, knowing that there was nothing I could do and seeing one of my best friends and knowing that there's nothing you can do. The only thing that I could do was try, try and help my damnedest. And that's kind of where all this started. But I, I am still going through that right now. Uh, it, it is hard every single day to know that someone that you were so close with and, and decided to end it. And that, that just, it, that it shatters my heart. No, <laughs> so I'm still going through it. No, I can imagine because <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things that people go through so much and it's, it, it sucks because it's, we want to help. It does. And then sometimes it's like, we don't know how to help and all that. So I can definitely feel how, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. And I, I appreciate that. But I will say on the, on the, everything has a little bit of a silver lining. I mean, because of that, there are a lot of people that have been helped through this. I mean, and that, that's a big deal. So it's not yeah. going to be in vain. I will not let anyone that I love have an issue that I can't at least dedicate everything I have to, to help. Yeah. A and that's, what I'm doing. Yeah. So. <laughs> so you mentioned that you started the podcast as a result. So what was your goal with the podcast? Yep. Uh, to help every single person with ADHD on earth. That's it. I mean, that's the goal. Obviously there's millions upon millions, but if you just take it one at a time, uh, the goal with the podcast is I don't want people to feel so low about themselves. And that's exactly what happened to my wife's friend that we all loved so much is she had ADHD 
And society, the pressures of society got to her so much that she really felt that she was not good enough. So my podcast is showing you how good you are over and over and over. And I will continue to do it one at a time until everyone I talk to realizes what they have to give to this world, regardless of what anyone else fucking tells them. I love it. That's a serious mission. And now, what's the name of the podcast and how many episodes are you at? Lobal Spark, and I am at, I'm almost 275. Oh, man, that's serious. <laughs> that's uh, Almost to 75. I've only been doing this a year. I'm, I've just been on social media one year. I, I n- never liked social media, never understood it, but this, so it's been one year. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're working very hard. Um, and the biggest thing that I have seen recently with it is the real, not cure, there is no cure for ADHD, but the real most helpful thing for people with it is friendship. Having a close group of friends that they can turn to. I have had that whole life, but a lot of people I've spoken with don't. So what do we do? We get all the people that have been on the podcast together every Friday and shoot the shit. It's not an episode. It's not anything. It's just being friends, being supportive. That matters to people. (laughs) So Uh, That's absolutely amazing. And then you started the TikTok, and that's going pretty well, man. It is going well. Uh, That's a fun, uh, TikTok is a fun thing uh, to do. That, that is, I've always enjoyed video and, you know, editing stuff or whatever. And that's, that's a fun thing. And and it can help a lot of people. TikTok can help a lot of people. Um, It's just not the, you know, fails. It's not the end all uh, be all. I like the podcast a little bit, a little bit more, but TikTok is fun. I, I, it's fun to go on there. It is fun, man. I love your videos. I love how Look, you're so freaking positive. It's like, dude, I, I feel I get, it. I uh, get uh, criticized for being toxically positive, but my thing about it is I, I am well aware of the I am well aware of the negatives of ADHD. I've lived through them. We all have struggles, but I am choosing to pinpoint people's good spots and harp on them because a lot of people haven't had that before. They haven't had someone tell tell them like you're amazing because of this and this and this. Like some it might be rough upbringing, it might be whatever. I I'm here to tell you how awesome you are. That that is why I'm here, and I can prove how awesome you are. <laughs> yeah, I've never felt you're because to- I see toxic positivity, but I feel like you have some like toxic positivity is being positive without substance. You're positive with substance, and you're giving people actual, and you're doing all the things. So that's not toxic Correct. positivity. It, that's positivity and backing it up. Okay, thank you. I, I appreciate. Yeah, because. Toxic positivity is like, hey, everything's going to be okay. And no effort, no substance, and like a picture of like a cat all the time. And it's like, dude, that does not help me. Yeah. So you acknowledge things. So no, keep on doing what you're doing. Don't let anybody stop you from doing that. Now, let's kind of go back. Was there ever a time your lack of a college degree held you back? I can't say yes to that because what I chose to go after didn't require it. Well, it did until I outworked the people with it yeah, and then it didn't but i have never been denied a job because i've only had <laughs> <Yeah>. one <laughs> that's a, like I, I that's that's just the truth i've only had this one career so it has not helped and now i'm sure it could maybe in the future or whatnot but as of right now at age 40 it has not okay no that's amazing because i know sometimes people get denied 
promotions and all that. But it seems like your area, your workplace kind of was like, yo, this guy works hard. He can do it. That's understanding the people that you got to be around, the, the type of people and knowing what they, that they have the ability to see your work ethic and how good you are. If you put yourself in a position with people that don't know how to see those things, it's not going to end well. Yeah. So now, <laughs> so for someone like you looking back, how could the education system be different so that someone like you could care, someone like you could see the meaning? Because one thing that I've kind of seen is like a lot of teachers, they can teach those things, but now they just have to explain it to you. They need to get you engaged as opposed to saying you're learning just because I said this is in the syllabus. They could kind of actually make it more engaging. Yes, uh, I think education should change in terms of let the student choose what they are most interested in and take those classes or, or whatnot. Because right now the problem is, is that you have to take all the BS to get to the thing that you're interested yeah. in. Why not start them with what they're interested in so that they're engaged yeah. and they care and then set them free? Like we're giving them a bunch of crap they don't need. Because they're not interested in it, especially for ADHD people. If we're not interested, we're not going to do it. Like that's, and that's what's so terrible is for, I mean, school is prison for, for ADHD yeah. kids uh, or a lot of them because they feel like they're being told what they have to do and they don't have to do it. Yeah. They, they literally don't have to, but they are told that they do. Yeah. So now, the other thing is, what are your future goals kind of now? My future goal is right now I want to grow my podcast as much as humanly possible. And I want to reach as many people with ADHD as possible. And I want to make that financially stable enough to where that is my sole job. Because there is a difference between a personal goal of a team that you loved and an external goal now. And I want to, I want to help as many people as I can because I'm good at it. And I want to continue to be good at it, but it's got to be financially reasonable to, you know, to do so. You got to pay yeah. bills, but I'm always going to help for free. I just got to figure out a way to monetize the other part of it, <laughs> you know, to grow. But I, I want, I, I, yeah, that make makes, sense? Look, yeah, makes like, sense. <laughs> I'm in the same boat, so I completely get it. I want to ask you, what would you tell your 18 year old self if you could talk to that? about right now it's going to work out but you got to stay doing it your way and you don't need to be on time to class you don't even need to go <laughs> so just don't let anyone tell you you do <laughs> that i mean i'm i'm serious because it took a lot you know what i used to do i used to set up when i was like 10 years old i would set up the like our living room to watch to watch and i'd bring in multiple phones you know landline phones back then and I'd, you know, look at the media guides and all this kind of stuff. That's that's yeah, what I yeah. do now. <laughs> like in real life, <laughs> like it's setting up press boxes and all this kind of shit. So it's like, okay, <laughs> well, that didn't. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's a great story. It is. I mean, <laughs> but you gotta you gotta love it. And I would tell my eighteen year old self like exactly that. I would say it's not as important as everyone tells you it is. It's going to work out if you do it your way. Yeah, I love it. So final question, how would people support you? Uh, so Patreon, I have a Patreon page. There are a somewhat decent amount of people on that um, that helped me there. And it, everything is at Lobow Spark, L-O-B-O. 
WSPARK. That's every, you know, Twitter and, um, and TikTok. But Patreon is really my only source of revenue right now for this. And that's where I've actually started my own reality show where I'm doing hours of content that is going deep every day into like, this is what people see and this is what's actually happening and how to combat that. So they're witnessing me when I'm not like this, when, I, when I'm down, yeah. when I'm cry, crying because I can't function for this one thing that my wife really wanted me to do and how I regain the confidence to say like, is it really that vitally necessary? And then how to present that to my wife. Say, please don't get frustrated with me because this ultimately doesn't matter yeah, yeah. at all. Thank you for keeping it real. Right. We need more people who are kind of sharing their experiences and kind of doing what you do. I really appreciate you having being on as a guest. I really appreciate like the Twitter stuff. I mean, and the Twitch stuff that we do and whatever I can do to support you and all the listeners. I know that they're getting a lot of value because regardless of whether or not you have ADHD, we all have to have and figure out a system that works for us to figure out what's our strength, what's our weaknesses, and then figure out how we could do that. So thank you so much for your time, Lobao. And, you know, we're going to do definitely more things in the future. And this is a serious thing. Serious thing. If you have ADHD and you get down on yourself, please visualize, and I know this is morbid, but visualize a, your tombstone at the end of your life. Is what you do poorly ever going to be listed on that? Is being late to things or not unloading the dishwasher, stuff we really get down on ourselves for. Is that going to be on there? Or are your biggest strengths, as in creativity, had a kind heart towards all, empathetic, you know, or is that going to be on there? What ultimately matters? Perspective with ADHD matters yeah. in how we approach no, things. No, look, let me tell you, I love it. That's a great way to close it. And I think everybody should kind of do that because we get caught up in the day-to-day, -day, but it's like, hey, at the end of the day, it's the big things that we do. It's the friends we make and it's the people we help along the way. That's what matters. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.